Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, what could be the Falcons' undoing? Is Caleb the most underrated? And it's a lot on Elder and Strider, but hopefully they can handle the load. It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Now you can catch us on the SiriusXM app as well. And then follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. So what could ultimately be the Falcons undoing like what what's the thing that could derail this team and I took some of these calls on my radio show last night and some people thought you know Desmond Ritter and, and things like that but we talked about this on the podcast I don't think Desmond Ritter has to be great I don't think he has to be Mahomes or Brady or A.A. Ron or somebody like that like I think that I don't want to say game manager because that that's I don't know, that, that's kind of an insulting term. But I don't think that Desmond Ritter has to be all world. He, I mean, look, if he plays like an MVP, then the Falcons are going to go really far and they're going to have an outstanding season. Not just a good season, they're going to have an outstanding season if he's an MVP caliber quarterback. But the reality is <clears throat> he doesn't have to be at that kind of level for them to have success. I think the couple of things that, could be the ultimate undoing for the Falcons. They have to have their stars be their stars, okay? And and I'm going to point to three guys specifically, Pitts, London, and B. John Robinson. And those are the three guys that are the first-round picks that you've laid all this draft capital into, and you've obviously picked them really high. Now they have to come to fruition, And you'll say, well, that's not fair and all this kind of stuff. Hey, life isn't fair. We're going to talk about Elder and Strider here in a little bit. Life isn't fair. When you're picked at those positions, fourth for Pitts, eighth for London, eighth for B. John Robinson, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that to perform and perform quickly. You know, this can't be a situation where if we're going to turn the corner and become a playoff team and have a winning record and all that, This is not a situation where we can afford to have our stars kind of ease their way into everything, slow work themselves into the rotation and things like that. We've talked about on this podcast, you know, it's time for Kyle Pitts to be 100 catches, 1,400 yards, and 12 touchdowns. It's time for him to be Travis Kelsey. It's time for him to be a true difference maker, not just, well, You know, he had 1,026 yards and two touchdowns in his rookie year. That was really good. No, it wasn't. I mean, again, they were good numbers, but what's the impact in the game? You know, London had a nice year last year. Okay, I need him to be a dominant player. Well, we're drafting Bijan, and he's going to be part of rotation. I need him to dominate. If those guys 
aren't great players with the way that we think that they can be, then this thing will go sideways because your stars have to be your stars. And, I, you know, again, Desmond Ritter is a third-round draft pick for a reason. He, he's He was picked, you know, as the second quarterback and third round for a reason. They didn't look at him as, okay, i got to invest the number eight pick in Desmond Ritter. No. <clears throat> now, look, Desmond Ritter has to play well. Right. I mean, he can't he can't be a turnover machine like Mariota. You know, he can't be just kind of just bum fuzzled out there. He's got to play well. But what the real undoing will be is if their stars don't become their stars. And London isn't a big time impact player. Pitts is not a big time. And again, I'm not talking just from a statistical point of view. I'm not just talking about you know, what their fantasy football numbers are going to be. I'm talking about the idea of true impact in the game because it's hard for guys like that to always influence a game, right? We talk about this, quarterback, offensive line, defensive line. Those are the places that you can really influence a game. And if we're not investing our high draft capital, our highest of draft capital, into guys that truly influence the game, then those guys are going to have to be statistical monsters. I mean, that's that's how it works. You know, even without Tyreek Hill, Mahomes, and Kelsey, you know, you had all those big numbers. We've got to have that out of our players as well. So I think the undoing of the Falcons could potentially be if our stars don't live up to their star building. And look, B. John Robinson is going to have to be a guy that comes in and he performs. I don't, I don't care what his fantasy football numbers are or different things like that, but he needs to come in and he needs to be a guy that has an impact right away. Not a not 800 yards and two touchdowns and we brag about how good his rookie season was. I need eight or 10 touchdowns out of B. John Robinson. I need 10 or 12 touchdowns out of Kyle Pitts because we've talked about it. Look, if we're going to get to a position of being an elite red zone offense, those guys have to lead the way. London, Pitts, and, and Bijan, those guys have to lead the way. Yeah, but we got John U. Smith and all. Okay, but those guys aren't those guys aren't supposed to lead the way. You can like that or not like that. But our high draft capital was invested in Pitts, London, and Bijan. And those guys have to influence the game on a week-to-week basis. Because I can't guarantee you that we can be a 40-sack team right now. I know we can be a really good offensive line, and we can be a really good run team. And I think that with the additions of Bergeron and, you know, obviously bringing Caleb McGarry back, like all of that is, is good signs, right? It's all good good news. Now can we pass protect? That's going to be the next thing is, okay, can McGarry be a pass protecting offensive lineman as well? But if we're not going to influence the game at some of these positions that matter most in the NFL, then we have to have guys that influence the game from somewhere else. And yes, I want I want uh, Desmond Ritter to ball out this year. That's only good news for the Falcons. <clears throat> but I think Desmond Ritter can be an MVP. I don't think that he's an MVP caliber quarterback. But again, he doesn't need to be. We can get away with that 
We can get away with an offensive line that maybe doesn't pass block as well. We can get away with a defensive line that, you know, again, I don't think there'll be 21 sacks this year, but could they get to 30? Can we be a 30 sack team? Then we've got a fighting chance. If we're lingering around 21, 22 sacks, we've got no shot. It's going to be right back to what it was last year. Can't influence the game by knocking the quarterback down and around and things like that. So again, we need our stars to be our stars. We need our guys that we have the highest of draft capital into to have break, big breakout years. And yes, part of that is on Desmond Ritter. You have to protect the guy. Again, I, I didn't draft these guys, but you have to protect Desmond Ritter so he can throw the ball. You have to make accurate throws so he's got to get the ball to Pitts and London and everything. And then those guys have to catch it, right? Like three, four things have to happen before London and Pitts can truly influence a game. <clears throat> but that's the way, that's the reality of the, the places that we've drafted those guys. That's the reality of what we have to have out of those players. Again, it may not be fair, but this is the lot in life that we have right now. And it's not a matter of the Falcons haven't drafted good or this, that, and the other. It's a matter of we've got to get those guys to be top-tier talents now. If we're going to turn this thing around, I can't have Kyle Pitts have just an injury-plagued average year, Drake London to have an injury, because I saw that last year. Saw, saw all of that last year. And I think Desmond Ritter can do some good things. Two and two is better than five and eight. Is it not? Even if it, in a small sample size, it was two and two. That's still better than five and eight. So again, if our stars are our stars, we'll be in good shape. But if these guys don't, <clears throat> if these guys don't become the players that we think that they can become, then that's going to be our undoing because we don't have enough of everything else around it to make it obviously a point where we can rely on our quarterback, or our defensive line to go out and win us games. We're still not at that level yet. All right, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Listen, we've got you covered with the best snacks around, whether you want traditional protein bars, whether you want the protein-infused marshmallow puffs. Built Bar's got you covered where they're coming out with a new flavor every single month. I think I saw the latest was peanut butter and jelly. New flavors every single month. But now, here's the great thing about Built Bar's is – now you have multiple ways to purchase your Built Bars. Go to Built.com, go on the website, scroll through all the different flavors <clears throat> that they have, all the different product lines that are available to you, put your order in, and then wait for that order to be delivered, and then you've got your box of Built Bars, voila, and you didn't have to go anywhere. But now you can also go to the pharmacy section of Walmart or to Sam's Club and purchase your Built Bars right off the shelf. So whether you go the brick-and-mortar route, or whether you want to go online, either way, Built Bars have you covered. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and a whopping 17 grams of protein in each of the Built Bars. So try them today, whether you go online or whether you go to Walmart or Sam's Club. You can buy your Built Bars now multiple ways better than ever. So is Caleb McGarry the most underrated player for the Atlanta Falcons? Well, according to Pro Football Focus, they had their list of most underrated players for all 32 teams. 
Kayla McGarry was selected by the Atlanta Falcons. <clears throat> Here's what they say about McGarry. Uh, quote, McGarry was another offensive lineman who took a big step forward in 2022, besting his previous career uh, high 64.3 overall grade from 2020 with an 86.6 overall grade last season. That was fourth best among tackles. With a run blocking 91.6 grade, McGarry only uh, trailed only Trent Williams in run blocking grade from the tackle position last season, and Atlanta rewarded him with a new three-year contract this offseason. Now, look, I love McGarry, and, and, I, and I wanted to sign him in this, that, and the other. I, I, I'll make the case that in some ways that our second-team all-pro offensive lineman in Chris Lindstrom is still one of the more underrated guys in the league. I don't, I don't think even Falcons fans <clears throat> appreciate how good Chris Lindstrom is. Again, we're talking about a player that was second team all pro. And while McGarry, you know, got a good deal and I think it was a little bit below market value and it was only three years, right? Lindstrom broke the bank, right? Five for five for 105 or whatever it was. 20 plus million dollars a year because they knew the value of what Chris Lindstrom was, but yet we just kind of take him for granted. Oh yeah. Chris Lindstrom is going to anchor the right side of our offense line. Okay. Like that's one of those positions that you just don't have to worry about. Right. You know, we still have concerns about what Caleb McGarry could be. Okay. Hey, Caleb, can Caleb McGarry pass block? You know, we, we, we know about his run blocking. We just read you the, the numbers on all of his run blocking and all that good kind of stuff. But can he pass block? Well, that's still kind of been the issue with Kayla McGarry. That's still been one of the things that, you know, we haven't found out enough about, right? So I I, I still think that, you know, and I'm, I'm the biggest Lindstrom fan in the world. Like, I love this kid coming out of college, coming out of Boston College. I, I thought he was going to be a terrific player. I thought he could be one of our better offensive linemen in Falcons franchise history, maybe the best, you know, guard. And, you know, listen, there's, there's been great guards. I mean, you know, Fralick and guys like that, but I mean, I, I still think Lindstrom is a guy that you look at and say, Hmm, maybe we don't give him enough love. Now the Falcons certainly gave him enough love because they gave him a hundred million dollar contract and made him one of the highest paid offensive linemen in the entire NFL. They, they, they knew his value. They, they knew what his fair market value was in all of this, but we still don't just kind of talk about him in, in those kinds of terms. And, and maybe that's, maybe that's what makes him so great is that we don't have to go out there and talk about him. Usually if we're talking about somebody, it's not because of good things. You know, again, it's easy to go in and watch an offensive, you know, a tight end, or a running back or a wide receiver and they go out and do their thing. Quarterback does their thing, right? They can put up all the fantasy stats and, you know, again, all the nudniks that play fantasy football and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, I'm kind of crapping on fantasy football, but all these guys that, that do all that, you know, we can see kind of the tangible net numbers of all that stuff, but we don't have a way to just kind of pinpoint unless we're watching the film of, you know, Lindstrom just bulldozing guys down and and I, I certainly think that with McGarry and with Lindstrom on the right side of our offensive line 
this is our real strong point of our football team. Like this is when we talk about the real strengths <clears throat> and the real difference making strengths in our football team, it's McGarry and Lindstrom on that right-hand side and running behind those two guys. Like that was a winning formula for us last year. That has proven to be a really good offensive strategy is to run right behind those two guys. You know, I got frustrated many times last year when we would do some of these running plays where, again, we're sweeping around to the left side or, you know, we're trying to just cut up through the middle of the field. And I'm like, man, run up behind those two oak trees on the right side there. Run up behind Thor and, you know, any of the Avengers on the right-hand side. Just just take your, take your running back and just go, okay, see those two guys there on the right-hand side? Just run right behind them and come off the line and just let them fire off the line and just bulldoze your players, bulldoze the defensive line. So, yes, I can understand why Kayla McGarry is maybe considered the most underrated player for the Atlanta Falcons. But I'll tell you, though, I mean, and his bank account is certainly different. I still get maybe Lindstrom. When, when all is said and done, I still think Chris Lindstrom is one of the more underrated players in the NFL. And again, second team all pro and a $100 million contract, you know, that may not belie a guy who is underrated, but I think amongst Falcons fans, we still don't appreciate how great this guy is and how great he can be. And he may be one of the, you know, handful of the best offensive linemen that we've ever seen in this franchise's history. All right, when you listen into Hitting Hard uh, for the first time, make sure that you go in to our comment section on whatever platform that you're listening to and leave us a comment that you are an everyday listener. So if you're one of our everydayers listening in five days a week, we want to hear from you, okay? We greatly appreciate the fact that you're an everyday listener. We greatly appreciate the fact that you're following and listening in five days a week to the podcast. Obviously, we're a little bit over a year old now and having a blast doing all this, but we do thank you so much for being an everyday listener, and we want you to go into the comment section of whatever platform you're on and let us know that you're an everydayer and you listen in five days a week to the show. So as the Braves are now scrambling, I mean, <clears throat> last night, the the Red Sox won and they split the series with, with the Red Sox. And Dylan Lee got the bullpen start for the game, right? Because now we're facing all these injuries. And last night, they had eight pitchers in that game last night. Eight. Ocho. They had to, they had to pitch eight different guys in that game. That's not sustainable. I mean, I, it's just, it's not. You, you can't trot out seven or eight guys a night in bullpen games when you need them. And and this is why with write down, with free down, and those guys not coming back anytime soon and not having the option of going to Ian Anderson, you know, again, they're still trying to slow work Mike Soroka, Michael Soroka back into things. They're not going to rush Michael Soroka back up. It's been almost three years now that he's made a start at the major league level. They're not going to do all that. So, um, you know, whether we like this or not, and we talked about fairness in the first segment, you know, Bryce Elder and Spencer Strider are going to have to carry the load. And Charlie Morton's been okay. Charlie Morton's been pretty good. I mean, he's got to definitely do his part. He's got 40 and two-thirds innings. 
39 strikeouts. You know, he's four and three with a, five, a 332 ERA and seven starts. He's been all right. But I'm not necessarily counting on the back of, you know, a 40-year-old starting pitcher that he's going to lead the way. This is about Strider and Elder. Those two guys are 7-0 and right now. Elder's got a 174 ERA in seven starts. <clears throat> Strider's got a 2.7 ERA in seven starts. You know, Elder's averaging almost eight strikeouts per nine. Strider's averaging 15 strikeouts per nine. Those two guys have been outstanding, and they've been really lifesavers for the Braves. Charlie Morton has four homers given up, which was his undoing last year, four homers given up in 40 and two-thirds innings. In over 80 innings, Strider and Elder have only five homers combined given up. So this may not be fair, and it is kind of what it is, but now the Braves are in this position where they're going to have to rely on Strider and Elder, two guys that were just drafted a few years ago. And certainly, look, Strider's been the most dominant pitcher in the National League this year. You know, say what you will about whatever these guys are, but Strider's been outstanding. He's been the most dominant pitcher in the National League this season where he just rears back and fires. He doesn't give up a lot of homers, doesn't give up a lot of walks, doesn't give up a lot of hits. All he does is strike out people, create outs without contact, and, and you know, obviously be very productive at, at that point. I mean, you feel like Strider, every time he goes out there, he could throw a no-hitter. And then Elder's been fantastic. And I think all of that experience that Elder got late through the year last year really benefited him. You know, we saw last year Kyle Wright finally put it all together and have the 20-win season and everything kind of came into form and kind of fell into place and all that good kind of stuff. Now it feels like Bryce Elder is that guy. Now it feels like Bryce Elder is that guy that, you know, has a chance to be maybe a 15, 16 game winner when all is said and done. So it may not be fair, but now the burden of this load falls on Strider and Elder's shoulders. Two young guys just drafted a few years ago, but right now the Braves have to live with this. And with Freed and Wright not coming back anytime soon, you know, we're hearing things like August before they come back. Okay. And I don't know that there's, you know, other than bringing up some of your young guys, because your bullpen games are not, are, are definitely not sustainable when you're pitching eight guys in a night. And I don't know how many of the young guys you want to bring up and trot out there. You know, again, you can bring those guys up, but once you send them back down, they have to be down with the club. I think it was 10 days. You know, they have to stay down in the minors for a little bit. So again, you can't just bring guys up and down willy-nilly on all that. And without the ability to have Ian Anderson to fall back on, without the ability for right now to have Michael Soroka to fall back on as they continue to just work him and get him innings and build up his stamina and all this good kind of stuff, you know, the worst thing you could do would be to rush Michael Soroka back and just throw him out in a situation where he's just physically not ready to do all of that yet. So this is about Elder and Strider for right now. We've got to ride their backs. and. So far, so good with all the results on all of this. And, and I'll tell you, and I kind of mentioned this the other day to a couple of my coworkers. It's starting to feel like Kyle Wright and Max Freed are just going to have lost seasons. 
Like they're just going to kind of, everything's just not going to kind of fall into place for Freed, for Kyle Wright. And it's just, it's going to be a lost year. We're going to look up and at the end of the year, you go on baseball reference and you look and say, gosh, you know, they only got, you know, a handful of starts or gosh, they didn't win a whole lot of games or this, that, and the other. And, and, and again, this is not about that Freed and Wright aren't great pitchers and all this good kind of stuff. It's just, you know, when I say just a lost season, it just kind of is like, oh my gosh, we had that kind of season out of those guys. Gosh, I didn't remember that, you know, we didn't really have them available and, you know, the season just kind of went along. So it's going to fall on Elder and Strider for right now. Yes, Morton is part of the rotation, but I don't know how much you, again, jump on the back of a 40-year-old pitcher at this point that how much he can carry you, you know, hope, now listen, hopefully he is still staying consistent. Hopefully he can still do some good things. <clears throat> Keep the ball in the ballpark, right? Strike guys out. But Elder and Strider look like one of the more dynamic duos of young pitchers coming up through the big leagues. And hopefully that they can sustain this workload that, okay, we're going to have to, we're going to trot you guys out once every five days and we need you to, ball out we, we need you to be dominant so far so good i mean strider's been outstanding elder's been outstanding and these guys have done their good work but unfortunately we have to have more of that to get through this stretch and it really is a testament to the fact that the braves are seven games up in their division like they've been outstanding like the fact that again i i said this last night on the radio show going into last night the Bra the, the braves were like a plus 52 or something like that, or no, sorry, plus 64 run differential. The Marlins who were in second place were a minus 52. When you're a when you're a difference of 116 run differential between first and second place, that's a lot of good work that's being done. And the fact is, is that the Braves are having an outstanding start to their season, and they need to pile up as many of these wins as they can. If the Marlins and Mets and Phillies aren't going to take advantage of all of this, hey. More power to us. More, more good, more good things happening to us. But for right now, Elder and Strider have got to really shoulder this load, and that may not be fair. But again, life isn't fair. When when injuries happen, guys have to step up, and those two guys have done a magnificent job of stepping up. All right, we thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Chuck for your first listen. Make sure that you go in and leave us a comment in the comment section of whatever platform that you're listening on and let us know that you're an everyday listener. So we call them our everydayers. We thank you so much for being a part of our community and listening in five days a week. You can also follow and subscribe for free on YouTube or every listen to your podcast from. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. We're also on the Sirius XM app now, so catch us on that app, and then follow me on my Twitter page, at JMCH316. We'll look at the Falcon schedule tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. 